Welcome to Straight Out of Savannah, Talking with Tammy, a podcast that showcases people you may not know who are choosing to use their gifts to inspire and move the planet. Thank you so much for joining us on Straight Out of Savannah. I am so excited that I have Dr. P on here with me. <laughs> and she's going to share exactly who she is and what it is that she does. So Dr. P, take it away. I am I'm Pooja Agarwal. I am a board certified neurologist, an epileptologist, a speaker, and also a certified executive coach. I help coach female professionals with burnout to stop people pleasing, to let go of perfectionism, and learn to set boundaries and say no. And so I actually use a neuroscience-based approach. So it's backed by science because I am a neurologist. So I use tools that really help rewire your brain, rewire your brain to learn to set boundaries, to live a more empowered life through mindfulness, gratitude, journaling, and again, setting boundaries and learning to say no. Oh, that is so powerful. All right. So now we're going to get into it. What um what brought you to that point? What made you decide that that was something that you wanted to add to your because you kind of add it to your practice, don't you? Yeah, so actually I do it separate than that. So okay. I do I practice inpatient medicine, so I don't really use the coaching there. So um so it was about six years ago. I was a practicing neurologist. Uh, I was working long hours. I was taking fourteen weeks of call, and literally I burnt out. And this was mm-hmm. only my second year of practicing after my residency. That you know, I was not sleeping much, only a few hours, taking two to three weeks call at a time, um, always worrying about work. Um, I was in like a brain fog, kind of mm-hmm. having difficulty focusing, and I wasn't taking care of myself. I was eating whatever was in front of me, and sometimes I'd eat more, sometimes I'd eat less, mm-hmm. but some definitely issues with weight gain, and then again, that not sleeping, and then I was just irritable. I was mm-hmm. so irritable with my husband, with my kids, and it wasn't until really... Um, now that I look back or even like a couple years ago, seeing that that was actually burnout. Okay. I did, at that point, I didn't have that name available to me because burnout at that point wasn't really talked about as much as it has no. been in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So um, when I was experiencing this, I was like, well, what's wrong with me? Is it work? You know, what's causing all this? And I definitely thought it was work. So then I was like, well, do I need to see my physician? Is it, you know, definitely just anxiety or is it not just <laughs> yeah. anxiety? Is it depression? Or, yes. you know, what is it? And, mm-hmm. you know, I saw a counselor, I saw my doctor, but those things just didn't fit with me. And then, right. you know, I was new to coaching. I came across a coach. So I decided to hire the coach. The coach helped me with my mindset. I used to be very negative. Um, and naturally, our brains are very negative. We have this negativity bias. So we, so we tend to dwell on the mistakes that we make instead of focusing yes. on the positives. Yes. And so that coach helped me to really rewire my brains through a concept called neuroplasticity, oh, where nice. you can change your, the pathways in your brain to become more positive or to, um, you know, through habit formation. And so that's really what helped me. And my, um, the change that I've noticed in the last, um, you know, few years has been um, major. I mean, I'm now in major magazines. I've been in Forbes. I was in, on a Times Square billboard. I've been in multiple magazines. So coaching nice. really helped me to realize I could do a lot more with my life. And, you know, during the pandemic, I saw there were a lot of females who are having trouble balancing work and home life, especially yes. with remote and sometimes having virtual schooling and so I decided to become a certified life coach so I got certified life coach school 
And then I now coach uh, female professionals. Um, the name of my business is called Zenful Brain. And I also speak, I've been a guest on several podcasts. And I really love to share you know, things that people can do or tangible things they can start doing today to help improve yes. their quality of life. Oh, that's what's, that's, that's, that's awesome. That is awesome. That's powerful. I was thinking about that when you were talking about the neuroplasticity. That's something that Dr. Joe talks about, right? Dispenza? So that who? Dr. Joe Dispenza? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Because I was listening. I was like, I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very common uh, phenomenon. I think we just, it's under talked about or underutilized. Right. We can actually manipulate our brains or rewire the pathways to, to serve us in a different way, to serve us in, in a more purposeful way. And I think a lot of people don't really know that. They think that whatever I'm born with or the way I am is the way I'm going to be, and I can't change that. But really, right. can change it. And the thing is, is I think we have to, really, we have to know that. Yeah. You know, because mm-hmm. we don't we don't know. And, and typically, we're not taught that. You know, growing True. up, and, you know, we're not... I, I, I'm a neurologist, okay? I didn't think about this. <laughs> it was You've been to school time. forever. Yes. No, neuroplasticity is there, as talked about, but it's not, It's very different when you're implementing it and you're actually seeing those changes for yourself and mm-hmm. who you are and what you do in life. So really that change really helped propel me to where I'm at today. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so when you work with women, do you typically work with women like yourself, like that are driven and, you know, in high pressure careers? So I work with, uh, you know, a lot of different women. I've worked with lawyers. I work, work with physicians. I work with nurses. I work with nurse practitioners. I work with CPAs. Um, and I've spoken at uh, several events um, just in general with men and women. So I do mm-hmm. tend to focus more on female professionals. But, you know, if you mm-hmm. come to me and we see we're a mutual fit and you think you can work with me and I think I can work with you, Mm-hmm. then I'm happy to take you on as a client. So I'm willing to, I do focus mainly on women though. Yeah, I could see. Because, you know, honestly, women need this more, I think. Yes, I definitely think they do. Actually, this is, I think that every woman deserves a coach. I think a coach can really help you get rid of your self-limiting beliefs and really mm-hmm. take you to a different level in your life. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so where do you see yourself going in the future? What do you see for um, your coaching as well as your practice? Yeah, so in in terms of my practice, seeing patients, that is always going to be a part of my life. Um, You know, I recently I was researching the brain. I'm I'm a neuroscientist and I really still felt like I really loved seeing patients. So that will always be a part of me. So right now I do see patients in the hospital. And so that's something I'm going to continue but um, for my coaching practice, what I really see is eventually just expanding my message, growth, speaking at major events, doing more of the speaking, and you know, doing more group coaching. Right now, I do one on one and a little bit of group coaching, but eventually, I just want to have group coaching. I think you have more of an impact with group coaching. Um, not that you don't one on one, but you reach more people. And so, right. um, I eventually too, I'm looking to write a book. Um, I'm looking, you know, I got a couple opportunities to be part of anthologies. And so I'm trying to weigh my options, do one of those or write my own book. So I'm looking into a lot of different avenues, but I'm just always putting myself out there. And I love podcasting like this and being a guest. That's awesome. I, I, I love that. And I love the fact that, you know, you're, you're focused on the growth, you know, and I, I know for one-on-one, I like, to be honest with you, 
I do healing work and I love the one-to-one. I do. And I, I had never done it in person until just recently. And I fell in love with it. You know, just, oh. the, I don't know, I guess because you could just see the transformation right there. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's, it was just so powerful. And I, I was like, man, I didn't know this was this powerful because I've done it like on Zoom. Yeah. I had never done it in person because I didn't, you know, have a place. I don't have an office or anything like that. And so I was like, man. And so I started thinking about that. And I was like, should I, should I go for group stuff? Or, you know, should I just do this one-to-one? Because I really like that. It was just so amazing, you know? And and I wonder um, if you can even have the type of impact that you have with the one-to-one. You know, I, I know that people do probably, but I just wondered. I think it really depends upon what you're doing and what you find joy in. Um, I definitely like one-to-one, but I think also with the group, you can reach more people for what I do. I think energy healing obviously depends what you do. Um, you, you know, if that's something you like, then, you know, that's something that you can definitely work one-on-one with. And I think it just really depends what you feel like you find joy with and what other mm-hmm. people, your clients, how it works. Yeah. And that that's, that's key right there. That's yeah. the key. And I think um, when I, when I, when I listen to you, I feel like you really help people to understand who they are and to really um, hone in on that so that they can move in that direction. Because I know that, you know, in all kinds of areas, especially with this pandemonium that we just had, people are burned out. Mm-hmm. They're frustrated, they tired, they overworked, you know. Yeah. And I know that those are probably people that are coming to you now because, you know, we have this time now and we can actually, you know, think mm-hmm. <laughs> past <Yeah>. COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the norm has always been just to go, go, go. Mm-hmm. Let's hurry up. Let's be perfectionist. Let's just do everything we could possibly do. And then it becomes like this rat race where we just keep on going and going and going. And then where's the meaning in life? We lose mm-hmm. who we are to our work, to other mm-hmm. things. And then, you know, there is no meaning. And, you know, that's what happens in burnout. So when I experienced burnout, it really changed who I was to the core. And that's really what I want people to realize. Burnout changes who you are. And that burnout is not something that you can continue to sustain because it will affect you. It can cause anxiety, depression, increases your risk of suicide if you don't get help. So, I mean, there are consequences of burnout. Not only that, but there's physical and emotional consequences too. And so burnout is something you definitely need to get help for. And Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, burnout is not due to you being weak or it's not due to, you know, those types of things. So definitely, you know, your personality can contribute but a lot of mm-hmm. it is also external. You know, what is your workload? How much work are you getting? And are you saying yes to your workload for fear of rejection? Okay. Yes. So that's where yes. those people pleasing tendencies come in. Yeah. And then, you know, what is your community like at work or at home? You know, what is your what are your relationships like? So, um, you know, lack of appreciation, lack of fairness at work can also lead to burnout. And so there's there's a lot of different factors that go into causing burnout. So it's not like it's due to just like the person being weak. It's not because they're weak. And you know, what's wild is, is that's one of the things that they used to say. Yeah. Cause I remember, cause I've been looking at it. Cause to be honest, I think I've been burned out for about 10 years <laughs> and, I, and uh, you know, so different times I would just take a break, you know, like I, I've been off for almost a whole month. Cause I just, I couldn't mm-hmm. do it. I was like, I can't go. I talked to my husband. I was like, I can't do it. I need a break. I need to take some time. I need to breathe. I need to think <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to not do that. But I know that um, 
that also is a cause. And this is what I'm seeing too. As I start looking at like different articles and people, things that are happening with people, mm -hmm. that's a cause of like suicide. Like you said, people are killing themselves because they're burned out. Yeah. So actually uh, here's a well, uh, statistic. Yeah. Here's a statistic for doctors. They say, um, you know, one out of every uh, five doctors um, who experience burnout will commit suicide. And there was actually a um, an ER physician in um, New York. I think it was Lorna Brain. I remember that. Who yes. Commit suicide um, because of COVID and the pandemic and how much she was seeing of death. I remember like that. that. I I saw that. Yeah. I actually talked about that on a live because I was like, that just broke my heart. I know. And it's not just doctors, it's nurses too. Nurses have been working shift after shift with no break. They're, they are experiencing burnout and every other person in, in healthcare is experiencing burnout. So I really think it comes back to, you know, who, how are we as a society portraying the way life should be? We right. shouldn't be overwhelmed, overworked and burnt out. Exactly. And, 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 you know, I truly believe that it's important, you know, for the work that you do to help people to move past these things, because I mean, it's too many people that are like, you know, killing themselves and dropping dead from, you know, cause I, when I read that somebody was 35 and they dropped dead from natural causes, mm -hmm. no, no, it's not natural about dying at 35. <laughs> it's just not. Yeah, I mean, it's not common. Um, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of times it's stress. You know, we have to meet all these society's expectations. So like, let's say for example, for females, you have to be the perfect mother. You have to mm -hmm. be the perfect wife. You have to be mm -hmm. the or the best in your occupation. You have all these society's expectations on you, in addition to the expectations that you put on yourself. Yes. That the families put that family puts on you, and then it's so hard to meet all of that and to balance it, and also you know take care of yourself. That's why often we put ourselves last. Yes. And that's where it leads to burnout. So I think yes. often it's it's really what we need to do is change the expectations from society let go of the expectations that we put on ourselves and really focus on what we want to do in life. Yeah. And do you, and do you feel like, um, the fact that women don't typically support each other is, is also a, a factor in that because. Oh yeah. Yeah. So here, let me give you an example. Okay. So, um, amongst women physicians or female physicians, there is sometimes this, um, I guess, theory that you know I suffered in residency or when I was a medical student so you need to suffer like let's say you're attending meaning you've completed residency so then you tell your residents or you tell medical students well you need to suffer you need to come early you need to do this because I suffered too and mm -hmm. that kind of mentality makes it worse okay yeah. instead of empowering and lifting up those medical students or those residents or other healthcare workers saying that let's change the way healthcare is yeah let's focus more on who we are taking care of ourselves and making that movement instead of trying to perpetuate that cycle of abuse. Yeah. And that, and that's, that's real. It's to me, it, it um, is similar to when you have the, uh, the sororities and the fraternities, mm -hmm. the hazing and stuff. Okay. Yeah. So I was hazed. So you're going to get hazed, you know, and mm -hmm. come on now, what is that even about? You know, you think about that. It's like, come on, really? I mean, just because, you know, times have changed, you know, that was 20 years ago or whatever, you know, <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I truly believe that it's like, come on, let's come together. Let's come together. I don't know what it's going to take for us to do that. Because I truly believe that a part of um, some of the things that have happened here in the States with women's rights, mm -hmm. you know, is, is because women won't come together. I think they're afraid to. 
I think they're afraid of what other people will say. Mm-hmm. I think they're afraid of how their family will react. I think mm-hmm. they're afraid of putting themselves out there. And um, I think they're afraid of the repercussions of doing something like that. Because I, I do have to say, it's very real being, um, especially like I'm a minority woman, okay? I was born mm-hmm. and raised here. And then, you know, you already have, you know, it's harder being a minority woman. Yes. So, I mean, things can be very different. So then we are want to keep quiet. We don't want to put ourselves out there. We don't want to speak right. up. So there's fear of repercussion or rejection and things like that. And so I think really once that goes away and there is more of like this movement of let's uplift each other, let's empower each other, will that change? Yes. Yes. I truly, I believe that too, because it's, yeah, it's hard, especially because um, I'm going to say this, because I, I realized that racism is embedded. It's not, and it's embedded in the world. It's not even just this country. It's the world. It's all over, everywhere. There's racism. And it's like, once we get to a place where we can move that needle, you know, where it's not, you know, where they just look at you a certain way. You know what I mean? They probably look at you and start trying to speak crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, I've had patients who say to me, excuse me, you speak English? (laughs) Yeah, that or they go, you speak really good English. How did you learn? I was like, I was born and raised here. English is my first language. And then they don't believe me. Or they ask me, where are you from? Mm -hmm. I say Ohio, which is where I was born and raised. They go, no, where are you really from? I'm like, Ohio. And I go, it's a city, Cincinnati. And then they're like, like, oh, where are your parents from? I'm like, yeah, they're from India, but I'm American. Look, but I was born here. Yes. I, I get that. I even get that. They say, um, so are you from Africa? And I'm like, maybe my people somewhere down the line are, but everybody, you know, I'm from Georgia. <laughs> They're like, where are you from? You know, I get that, especially here. You know, I noticed that because it's mm-hmm. such a big um melting pot. Mm-hmm. You know, lots of lots of different kind of people here. Yeah. You know, and so when I go places, a lot of times there's a lot of Africans. So they already assume that, you know, like, oh, you know, are you, what part of Africa are you from? I'm like, mm-hmm. no part. <laughs> I'm from here, born and raised. <laughs> but I know that is also something that we deal with too in this, you know, in this arena. But what um, was I going to say? So how do you, when you deal with your clients, when they come to you and they're in the midst of burnout, you know, and they're mm-hmm. at this place where, you know, they're just done. You know, they can't, whatever it is they're doing, you know, they can't do that much longer, you know, that kind of thing. What is the first thing that you work with them on? So I really work, first of all, on what have their behaviors been in the past and where are they at right now in their life? So actually go through, I have an intake form about people pleasing behavior, about perfectionism, where they go through and they actually rank themselves in terms of behavior, how often they do them. And then I also look at, you know, how are they taking care of themselves? Are they getting enough sleep? Are they noticing a change in their weight? Are they noticing that they're just overall unhappy? And I do want to point out, oftentimes I have people come to me who have anxiety or depression. I am a physician. However, I am not treating that anxiety or depression. I am trying to focus more on overall health in terms of wellness, um, you know, letting go of certain behaviors, people pleasing, perfectionism, and learning to say no or set boundaries. So if people have anxiety or depression, or, you know, obviously if they're suicidal, I do not take them on as clients. They need to go or so somebody that or, does that yes yeah, yeah. or see their doctor or counselor mm-hmm. or, you know whoever it is but 
So I do focus on where they're at right now, what led them up to be where they're at right now. I look at those factors and then give them the tools to actually change their behaviors. Because there is only a, up to a certain point that you can control in life. It's what you do, how you think, and how you feel. You yeah. cannot control what other people do, but you can control yeah. how you react to that and how you think about it. Yes. So I focus really on doing what we call a thought download. Um, mm -hmm. In certain circumstances, we're really examining their thoughts and their feelings and what actions um, and what results that that's producing in their life. So I really help focus on a mindset shift to be able to take on new challenges and to be okay with change. And so that and then journaling, um, I teach my clients breath work and then to practice gratitude. So gratitude, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> gratitude is such an underutilized tool. Yes, you know, it what is. You, yeah. So gratitude is, is a practice of being grateful for things that you already have. Mm -hmm. So it's not just um, the practice of being grateful. Yes, that's a part of it, but also actually verbalizing it or writing it down. Yeah. Really, when you write down three to five things every day that you are grateful for and your brain sees it on paper, and you do this, you make it a habit, meaning you do it daily for at least one to two months, you are rewiring the pathways in your brain through neuroplasticity. And then you're increasing the dopamine in your brain and the amygdala, which is your feeling center. And then that is causes what we call like a dopamine rush. So you, over time, are increasing your joy and your happiness in life. And then overall, um, gratitude has been shown through research to actually, um, if you have uh, more calm and stressful situations, mm -hmm. it's helped you focus better. And then it's shown to help with your overall physical health. You have a lower heart rate, lower risk of high blood pressure, lower risk of migraines and diabetes and stroke. So gratitude is something people can start right now to help improve their health. I was going to say, do you, do you feel like maybe, and I don't know if this might be a stretch and it might be long, I don't know, but I wanted to ask it. <laughs> do you feel like maybe with the increase of dopamine that you're going to get through having the gratitude practice, do you think that that will help to um, not really, I guess not really keep people from having um, Parkinson's, but do you think that that might affect that in some way? Um, I mean, I think it can help with your mental health. I'm not gonna say that it's gonna prevent Parkinson's. They're very, they're two very different things. Okay. Because you're talking about dopamine as sort of part of the brain for Parkinson's, it's called the substantia nigra, where they okay. move cells there that causes uh, Parkinson's. So they're very, very different things. Okay, gotcha. Um, so as you move forward mm -hmm. and you said you have kids and all that stuff, right? I do have two kids. I have an eight-year-old daughter and a six-year-old son, and I'm actually married to a physician also. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you, I was going to say, so do you work with your children with some of these techniques so that they can I be? Do. I do. So I actually do the gratitude. Um, we make it like um, a family affair. Mm -hmm. so we practice yeah. it together. And then actually it really, you know, I think children tend to focus on what they don't have. They're like, I want that shiny new object or I want that toy instead yeah. of be grateful for what they have. So I think really when my kids start to ask for new things, practicing gratitude or being grateful for what they actually have really helps um, change their, their mind about wanting more things. They're yeah. more, they're happier, they're showing up better in life. And then the other thing that I really uh, teach my kids is um, where we talk about mindset. So a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. So there is an American psychologist, her name was Carol um, Dweck. She did research on this where people who have a growth mindset where they are willing to take on new challenges, they know that they can fail, but still move on from it. And they know that you can make a mistake and you'll be okay. And they're willing to experience anxiety, fear, and all these different emotions that they are much more successful in life versus people who have what we call a fixed mindset. Meaning people who 
think however they are right now is however they're going to be the rest of their lives. They feel like they can't change. They have a fear of taking on new challenges because they think that they're going to fail and they think they'll never recover from that. So people who have a growth mindset are much more successful in life because they focus on where, how far they've come versus focusing on you know, where they're at, what they don't have. Right. So really, that's um, <clears throat> something that I work on my kids with. <clears throat> Yeah, because they'll be they'll be they'll be in, in a much different place than most of us were because you know they have the benefit of learning all this stuff and actually continuing because you know how kids are amazing. I love them in those ages that they that your kids are amazing. I love that age. <laughs> they still come everything you say and they listen to everything you're talking about all the time. Yeah, like a sponge. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love them. So I, I I I did a lot, a lot of that kind of stuff with my kids, even though. I wasn't even in the space where I am now, but I did a lot of things like that because I wanted them to, you know, be people that weren't afraid of having experiences. Yeah. You know, they, and, and I think I did a pretty good job because they all moved to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I live up here, they live in Texas and they're good, you know, and, and they, they don't mind. My daughter went to Oregon, you know, my son drove out to California because it was something he wanted to do. He had mm-hmm. He had uh, fixed his van up. He had like a little, uh, I don't know if you, you know about the Scooby and Shaggy van. Yes. I, I grew up with Scooby. Scooby That's what I was trying to think. I was like, yeah. are you old? No, I did. But I watched it. <laughs> he had a Scooby, Scooby van and he, he kitted it out and put a little, little sink in it and, you know, whatever and a bed and stuff. And he drove across the country to California and drove up, up and down California because he wanted to just see it and drove to Oregon oh. You know, and so that was just something he wanted to do. And I was excited for him because, you know, a lot of kids are not in that space where they're, mm-hmm. you know, able to just go and, and pursue things that, you know, they want to do. And I encouraged it. People were telling me, oh, you're letting him go to California. I was like, letting him go. He's grown. <laughs> he bought his own van. You know, I didn't buy it. I was like, he's, he's a grown man. He can do what he wants to do. If he wants to do that, I said, I'm, I'm behind my support him. But, uh, but yeah, I think that that is so important for us to raise our kids that way, you know, and it's just, to me, it's amazing, you know, and as, as they grow and you start to see them, you know, come into them themselves and, you know, be who they are, you know, because so many people try to get kids to be little them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they want to live through their kids yeah. and do the things that they never did when they were kids. Yes. And I'm like, that is so unfair because yeah. they might not want to do that. You can't be pushing, yeah. you know, pushing that off on them. All right. So let's talk about um, what you're looking for as far as, or do you have like a program or something that you're filling or something you want to share? Yeah. So right now, um, because I talk about boundaries, learning to say no, right now I have um, an offer. It's a 90 minute uh, session of setting boundaries. It's called 90 minutes of intense power, where I help you um, examine your people pleasing behavior. Um, and basically look at how this has affected your life. And then I give you the tools where you learn to set boundaries and to say no, but not only to set boundaries and to say no, but to go of the guilt and shame with saying no. So that's something that comes over time with practice. And so Mm -hmm. in addition to that, I'm offering, um, I have a boundaries ebook included in this course, in addition to a self-confidence building um, book. And there's a couple other goodies there where you can help, it gives you the tools to build your self-confidence and to learn to say no and to be happier in life. Oh, that is so powerful. People need that so much because, you know, especially women, we're taught not to say no. Yes. 
you know, we're taught to say yes to everything and all this stuff and be all over, overbound, overworked. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's a good thing. I'm so excited about that. All right. So let the people know where they can connect with you, you know, where the best place to connect with you. And I'll also put all this in the show notes. So they'll, they'll have your links and all that stuff. And if you provide the link for that program, it's in there as well. Yes. Um, you know, I may not have sent that, but I'll send, I'll email it to you after okay. this. Um, yep. So actually you can find me on my website. It's www.zenfulbrain.com. That's Z-E-N-F-U-L-B-R-A-I-N.com. I'm also on Instagram. It's uh, at Zenful Brain Official. I'm also on TikTok. It's at Zenful Doctor. And then I'm um, also, um, I'm on Facebook. I have a um, business page on Facebook. Love it. Love it. I love TikTok. <laughs> Are you on? I do. I am. I'm actually getting ready to do some lives, you know, because yeah, I love it because it's, it's just so interesting and so many different things and you can learn so much. You know, I've learned a lot of history on there. Yeah, there's a lot of things on there. That you a lot learn. of stuff. I told somebody, I said, all you got to do is go on TikTok. I see you can learn it. <laughs> it's, it's a search engine now. They're yeah. trying to make it like a Google. It, I love it. I, I honestly like it better than Facebook. <laughs> I just know Facebook better because I've been on it longer, but I, 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 I'm kind of going over to TikTok and YouTube more, you know, and Instagram, I never really understood it. So I don't do that much you know, either. I, I don't know Instagram that well. I, I heard it's like a nurturing platform, but yeah, you know, I, I have a VA, she knows what to do with her thing. So yeah, me too. I just kind of go on there and like I did a live today and I did it on Facebook, YouTube, and then I did on the phone on Instagram. So I was on all three of the places at the same time. And I kind of do it that way because I know a lot of people like Instagram more than Facebook and yeah. all this stuff. And, you know, and I'm kind of, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm shifting over to, to YouTube and TikTok yeah. and, you know, that kind of thing. Cause I'm just tired of Facebook and foolishness, but, uh, but yeah, so I have truly enjoyed talking to you this has been the most amazing conversation and I've learned so much and and I appreciate you coming on I thank you for for your time because you know I know it's late for you Uh, yeah no I'm always excited to be a guest on a podcast and thank you for having me I appreciate your time too oh yeah it's been amazing so um anyway so we're gonna we're gonna pop off and I want to thank everyone for joining us those of you that are watching on YouTube this this show will premiere um next It'll premiere on the, I'm trying to see what is the date. I think it'll premiere on the 10th, on December 10th. And I'll also provide the links. I'll send the link for um, where it is on Anchor and also on YouTube. So you can post them wherever you want to. So I'm super excited about it. It's going to be amazing. And I'm so grateful just for you coming on and speaking about this, because this is something that women need. You know, yes. this is not even a, it, to me, it's almost like, a necessity because <laughs> no. yeah. women need it you know they definitely we, do yeah. they often think they don't need it and then that they're overwhelmed and anxious Super exactly it's almost like it's like insurance you know you don't need it till you need it yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right so thank you so much for joining us on straight out of savannah my guest dr puja agarwal mm-hmm 
has been amazing. She has provided so much value today and I appreciate her. Uh, make sure that you go and you follow her where she is and her, on her links and take advantage of her program. I'll have that in the link in the um, show notes so that you can just click it. So uh, make sure that you're following her and make sure you're following me as well on YouTube and all the places where you know that I am. But I appreciate her for, for joining me tonight. And thank, thank you, you so much. much. You're so welcome. I know you've been blown away with the amazing value here today. Now go out and inspire the planet. And be sure to send us a message when you're ready to come talk about it on Straight Out of Savannah. Talking with Tammy.